Hello to our freaky family. I'm Michelle. And I'm Candy. And this is Sips of Crime. Body to Sips of Crime, your favorite true crime podcast. Has to be. Has to be. How are you doing, Candy? What are you doing today? What are you drinking? What are you eating? What's, what's going on with you? Uh, well, actually, I meant to tell you this, but I'm glad I saved it. Um, <laughs> so, me and um, a woman that I worked with in my previous um, position, uh-huh. uh, she reached out to me and she's like, hey, I'm going to order a case of wine oh. from Duplin. Do you want to go in? You get six, I get six. I'm like, heck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. You know? So it was like 80 bucks. And I'm like, I'm going to easily spend that yeah. at the grocery store. Why not? Get sure. some that, you know, aren't at the local stores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of them I really liked, except for the white sangria was very, very sweet. I was about to say, yeah, um, I, I, know, I never know if it's pronounced Duplin or Duplin. Um, I've I heard I've heard it both ways, and I've said it both ways. Yeah, they have a winery in Myrtle Beach. Yes, and um, we should make it a, a point to go up there uh, at some yeah. point, and then we can ask the expert how it's pronounced. Oh yeah, that would be a good um, idea. That would but be yeah, nice they trip. do they do specialize in sweeter, mm-hmm. like muscadines and muscatos mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But they're good. Well, in the Sweet Lily, it wasn't it wasn't overly sweet. It was good. It's more of a crispy taste. Mm-hmm. I would definitely get that one again. Yeah, we also got some exciting news today about um, the book that we most recently, I think, had on our newsletter as one of our current reads. Oh, Um, yeah. It Ends With Us by uh, Colleen Hoover. Yes. And that Blake Lively is going to be playing. Yes, I saw that today. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. Yes, we're super excited about that. Apparently, fans are not looking forward to it. Why? Yeah, they had apparently somebody else. I didn't have time to read the article. Abigail Cohen. Uh, Theo James as Ryle and Lily. I mean, I could see, I could see it, mm-hmm. but I'm perfectly okay with what they chose. I am perfectly okay with what they chose too, and I am so like Lil. Like, you know what? They're in the Blake, movie business. We are not. Right. We shouldn't be making those types of decisions. And Blake Lively can do anything. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, but she's going to be amazing, and I'm super excited about it. Well, you guys, I will say, uh, Candy and I have been a little out of our element here recently. Um, I haven't been uh, too, too crazy about some of the last few episodes that we put have put out just because I feel like we've been a little distracted with the holidays and stuff like that. Our recording schedule got all messed up. Um, So we are officially, as of today, back in the game on our normal routine. I'm feeling good about the stories that we have coming up for you. Candy and I have been doing some research kind of um, like in advance um, just to make sure that we're staying on schedule and that we kind of know what's coming. And so I'm super excited about some of the stories that we've been researching for you guys. And thank you for sticking with us through the busy holiday season. Before we get started on your episode, though, we have some wine to open. What do we have today? We are having Melodramatic. Oh, I love the name. And Isn't it a creepy looking? It is kind of a creepy well, label. The first part doesn't really bother me. It's the it's the second. Uh-huh. With the glowing eyes and the glowing teeth. Yeah, it's like a negative, like an image of like, that's been like negative. Yes, I keep that. That's all that's <laughs> so, Melodramatic. It's a red wine. Um, it says, play the lead role with our deeply mysterious red blend. Dark berry and plum aromas are backed by hints of sweet vanilla and toffee. Ooh. Take a bow. 
Take a bow. Dun, dun, dun. It is 15% alcohol. <laughs> Cheers. Before you say anything, take another sip. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know the rules when we're doing a red. I liked it on the first sip. Yeah? I mean, really? I didn't love it, right. but <clears throat> I was fine with, I was ready to take another sip. Right. That's good to know. I can definitely taste the 15%. <laughs> that, yes. It's a little boozy. It is. So we'll have to be careful with that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is good. Yeah, she boozy. I'm, I don't ever pay attention to how boozy they are when I'm ordering them to ship them to your house. I support that. <clears throat> I like the surprise. <laughs> so glad. <laughs> so glad. This is a good red blend. I do like it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm getting all of the flavors that they're telling me that I'm supposed to. I don't taste any toffee. I, I don't. Um, and I'm not getting a lot of hints of vanilla either. But um, the the dark berry and plum for sure are coming through. It, it is a um, a drier red blend. It's not bad though. But it's not bad at all. I like it a lot. I want like should we start rating them? Like should we do like a I don't like t- I don't like out of ten scales, but like. Yeah, like a five-point scale. What I mean, do you guys nobody, think? Nobody saw me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? You tell us. Maybe we'll put a poll. We'll put a poll out, and you guys can let us know if you guys would appreciate, like, a one out of five star rating, and I can I can start including that in, oh, yeah, that in the Instagram fun. story. You know, because everybody cares so much about our opinions and ratings <laughs> <laughs> that it would really be a disservice to our listeners. I did. Um, being the wine connoisseurs that we are. I was looking... And I saw that we had a new comment. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yes, we did. She had said that along the lines of, um... It was hard for her to wait every two weeks. And yes. I was like, oh, that's so sweet! It was very... It was a very sweet comment. Yeah, we got another five-star review and a five-star rating, um... The last time I checked. And we, we definitely appreciate those, you guys. Um, if you guys aren't aware, um, when it comes to Apple Podcast, rating and reviewing is literally the best thing that you can do for us as far as a thank you. Um, because the more ratings and stars that we have, the higher up on that list we get whenever people search for something like a true crime podcast. They will see us the higher our ratings are. So um, that does not go unnoticed. And we do appreciate everybody who has left a review and left a star rating. Um, it means more to us than we than, than you guys know. Um, but yeah, so you have a story for us today. I do. What are you going to be telling me about I'm going to tell you a little Amish story. An Amish story. A little Amish story. Yeah. Okay. Grab a glass. Grab a friend. And let's dive in. Eli Stutzman was raised in an Amish community in Apple Creek, Ohio. Oh, I know this story. This is baloney. So you already know it? I know a little bit about it. Oh, okay. So there isn't much on his childhood or his earlier years that I could find. But still, in the community, the people who knew him described Eli as quiet and withdrawn, who had always rebelled against their way of life. And his father, who was a high-ranking bishop, was just, like, not okay. Okay, so dad's kind of a big deal in the Amish community. Yes. Eli's not for it. No, not at all. Could care less. Well, the first of many deaths that occurred around Eli was in 1997. His wife, Ida died in a barn fire. She was pregnant at the time, and they also had a 10-month-old son named Danny. Oh. 
Eli claimed that the barn had been struck by lightning and that Ida went into the barn to save some milking equipment and collapsed there. Wow. What a story. Which I can understand. Like, yep, I'm running here. This is our livelihood. Like, we need the milk. We need our milking equipment because we're Amish. Mm -hmm. I get it. But he's he's claiming that while she was in there collecting the milk, that it was struck by lightning and caught fire. No, it, it caught. Apparently, it struck. The lightning struck and caught fire. But she had ran in there to save the milking equipment and collapsed in the barn. Oh, oh okay. After it got struck by lightning. Gotcha. So Ida's death was ruled an accident at the time. Eli was questioned by authorities, but gave inconsistent stories about what happened and was very vague. Mm. People who knew him at this time believed that he started the fire and trapped his wife inside because he didn't want any more children. Oh, my gosh. Um, It was said that he struggled with his wife's passing and and ended up having an emotional breakdown while dealing with the depression. Soon after Ida's death, Eli went against the Amish tradition by shaving his head and his beard, Mm. wiring the house that he lived in, for electricity and stopped farming. Not long after this, he started traveling for long periods of time and said that he was looking for work. When he was traveling, he would leave Danny with friends or family. On May 12th of 1985, the body of Glenn Pritchett was found in a ditch along a road in Texas. He had suffered mo- multiple gunshot wounds to the head. And when police began to investigate the death of Glenn, they found out that Glenn had a roommate named Eli Stutzman who was now nowhere to be found. Before Eli decided to leave for Texas, he had made arrangements for some friends in Wyoming to watch Danny and claimed that he was going to try and clear his name from the murder of Glenn. But Eli didn't return for his son for over six months. Finally showing up on December 14th, he picked up Danny and told everyone that they were headed back to Apple Creek, Ohio. How long was he gone? It took six months for him. Well, it was over six months. That he had left Danny with the family members or friends or whatever. Oh my gosh, did he like... How did he just leave? I know. God. But when Eli arrived at his family's home in Ohio, Danny was not with him. He told his family that Danny wanted to stay in Wyoming so he would go skiing. Hmm. Fast forward to Christmas Eve in 1985. Authorities came across a frozen body in a ditch in Chester, Nebraska. Oh, this is the sad part. It was. It is. It was an unidentified boy wearing blue pajamas. The cause of death remained inconclusive, and the boy was deemed as Little Boy Blue. During this time, Eli had went back to Wyoming and ended up writing a letter to his family saying that Danny had died and was buried in Wyoming. He told his friends in Wyoming that had watched Danny that he was fine and he was attending school back in Ohio. So, he tried to cover it up. For both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two years later, in 1987, Reader's Digest published a story about the case of Little Boy Blue. I still don't understand how it's two years and your family back home, do they really think he's still skiing? Like, it right. you can't ski for two years straight. And You would think that people would be more questioning about right. stuff like How's that. Right. How's school going? Is mm-hmm. he doing, is he still in Ohio? Like, did you just, like, keep fabricating lies? Like, I just, it doesn't make sense. Mm. Well, two years later in 1987, Reader's Digest published a story about the case of Little Boy Blue, and of course, a slew of tips came pouring in. One Amish woman in Ohio saw the story and thought of Danny, who she hadn't seen in years, and then one of the tips was actually from a woman in Wyoming. 
said she knew who the boy was and that her family had cared for him a few months before the father had picked him up just days before the child was found dead. (gasps) It was determined that little boy Blue was, in fact, Danny. Hmm. The woman who had contacted the police provided a picture and report card that had a palm print of Danny's on it. Danny was only nine years old when he passed. Eli was found and arrested in Azale, Texas in 1987. Mm. Eli claimed that him and Danny were driving from Wyoming to Ohio to spend time with family when Danny fell sick and died. (sighs) Eli said that he panicked and left the body in the ditch for, quote, God to take care of him, unquote. What a disgusting human being. Whether you freaked out, whether you killed him, whatever, that's your son. Mm Mm-hmm. And you you just left him in a ditch in December? And the family who did have him beforehand had a report card, right. knew, had a picture of him. Even had it yeah. years later. So, like, I mean, how he was obviously well taken care of. Why pick him up? Right. Why you should have just left him alone. Just left him alone. You should have just, like, signed over your rights and just been done with mm. it. Trash human. Trash human. Yes. At first... Eli was charged with felony child abuse in the death of his son. After a full examination, Horner was able to pinpoint the exact cause of death. Because of the lack of evidence and unable to determine what caused Danny's death, Eli was convicted of concealing a death and abandoning a body. He received 18 months in jail. Trash. Absolute garbage. 18 months. While Eli was being tried for the death of his son... He was charged with the death of Glenn Pritchett. Mm. He was convicted to 40 years for Glenn's death, but only served 13 years before he was released. Around the same time in 1985, when Eli had killed Glenn, there were two other men that were killed as well and have a connection with Eli. In Durango, Colorado, two men by the names of David Tyler and Dennis Sleater were friends of Eli's, and they were killed about a month apart of each other. Dennis was shot at a convenience store where he worked, and David was killed and left in the bed of his truck outside of an auto body business. Based on police investigation, they believe that Eli is their prime suspect, but they have no physical proof to tie him to either murder. person matching his description was also seen near Dennis's scene of death. But again, he was never charged because of the lack of evidence. The theories that connect these victims to Eli was... That they were suspected of being lovers and the reason for their deaths could have been money, an argument, or he just didn't want nobody to find out that they were lovers. Mm-hmm. Or he just done away with them just because, I mean, he done away with his child. Why yeah, I was, just, I was just getting ready to ask you, like, I, I there's, there's no motive here. So, after the 13 years upon his release, Eli lived in Fort Worth, Texas. But just two years later, on January 31st, 2007... Eli's neighbors had called the police when no one had heard from him or saw him for a few days. When police arrived, they found Eli dead in his apartment by by apparent suicide. Mm. An autopsy showed that he was HIV positive at the time and had high levels of cocaine in his system. The cause of death was self-inflicted wound to his left forearm, causing him to bleed out. Apparently, A self-inflicted wound to his... Left forearm. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was thinking gun. And I'm like, who no, no, no. shoots theirself in the forearm and then bleeds out? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, no. so he he was he attempted to to 
Yes. To slit his wrist. Got it. Okay. okay. It's such a senseless case. That's one of the... Right. And there's not much information. There's not... No, I had a hard time finding pictures. Just pictures. Yeah. Like, there really isn't a lot out there about this case. No. Little Boy Blue's identity, like, rocked mm-hmm. the sheriff's department because they didn't know who he was, where he came from, the cause of death. It was just a complete mystery to them. And like you said, I, I, they, they ended up, like, m- you know, having a funeral and m- memorializing him that way until they found out his identity a few years later. But it was it's just a, such a tragic story. With that being said, I think that we need to bring this up a little bit. Um, so this episode is going live on January 30th, which is National Croissant Day. <sighs> and Croissants are yummy. I don't know about you, but I love croissants. Oh, yes. Um, and um, I was actually looking where I wanted to get breakfast this morning and realized that Wendy's, if you have a Wendy's in your area. I um, believe that they're fairly nationwide. Um, they have croissants for breakfast. They have the best croissants for breakfast. I haven't ate uh, breakfast at Wendy's. If you guys have not went to Wendy's for breakfast, please go and indulge. Um, they have, my personal recommendation, since it's National Croissant Day, is sausage, egg, and Swiss. How about bacon, egg, and Swiss? It like, might be bacon. I, no, I'm saying I like bacon. Oh, well, I love bacon, too. I prefer sausage on my breakfast sandwiches, Mm-mm. but I'm sure you could get it either way. But they have this, like, Swiss cheese sauce. I remember one morning, like, I would eat my sausage biscuit with mustard. Oh, mustard. yeah. Will does, too. Leslie put, I thought it was the most disgusting thing I had seen. <clears throat> Leslie put grape jelly and mustard on her sausage biscuit. I was like, I looked at her like, you heathen. That's disgusting. Why did you do that, Michelle? <laughs> I tried it. It's delicious. Oh. <laughs> so from then on, I would put grape jelly on one side, mustard on the other side, put my biscuit back together, and then still use some more mustard to like put on my. I don't like mustard. The, I, I mean, do you not eat like it. I will eat like a Dijon mustard. Okay, try just grape jelly on your sausage biscuit or I, sausage croissant. I will do that, and it's, I will report good. back. As, speaking of croissants, I saw this really funny stand-up um, woman who said, um, "I don't know if you guys might have seen this, where she talks about how um, how it should be hard to make a human, like it's hard to make a croissant." I'm over here thinking, like, scientifically, like, making a human. And I'm like, no, it is harder. Like, you have to carry it for nine months. It, your embryo, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm going so scientific with it. And How many of you have accidentally made a human? I mean, I haven't. My child will be eight in February. Yours will be three. Three. Mm-hmm. Ain't so, that freaking crazy? Yeah, I was the first one of our group to have a child. And so mine is, like, so much older than everybody else's kid. Mm -hmm. But now I look back and there's, like, things I wish I would have done for you (laughs) differently. Mm -hmm. Not just, like, hey, I'll come watch Dakota, 
you know, or whatever. Like, No, at this point, like, whenever I get, like, baby shower invitations and stuff like that, I already know that everybody is going to get that mama diapers, bottles, mm-hmm. spoons, gift certificates for baby stuff. No, I pack a care package for mom. Yeah. Like, the last two baby shower gifts, I specifically put in the card, this is for you. Yeah. And you use this whenever you're ready and for I a don't little spa like- day. I include candles and bath salts and, like, aromatherapy diffusers. Mm-hmm. I got you one while you were yeah, in the hospital. Yeah. Like, a diffuser. Like, you know, it's like I pack her full of, like, just a complete spa day in a basket. Mm-hmm. And that is my baby shower gift. Because but nobody thinks about mom. No, and you don't till you are a mom. Mm-hmm. And you're like... Oh, gosh. How, how did we go from croissants to babies? I'm going to have to get me a croissant from Wendy's. Go get you a croissant from Wendy's. Maybe I can try to make my own croissant. Let me know how that goes. Tell me if it was easier than making a human or harder. Um, <laughs> thank you, guys. It's so right much now it's going to be a little harder. Because- thank you so much for listening. We're super excited to be... Back in our game, back on top of everything, organized, and so, so ready for 2023. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye! You can join our Freaky family, both on Instagram and Facebook, and find all of the featured photos from this episode at Sips of Crime. Check out our website, www.sipsofcrime.com. There you can get to know a little about us and stay up to date with our monthly newsletter. We love connecting with our listeners and enjoy sharing your personal true crime, paranormal, or just downright funny stories. So submit those through the form provided on the website. You can also help us grow our freaky family by sharing the podcast with others. And of course, let's not forget rocking our merch. Thanks for listening. Stay alive.